Welcome back to episode 70 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we bring you Rio Rio from DCOPlaza.com to talk to us about all the metaverses. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we find out what attracted Rio Rio to the metaverse space and how he got involved with Decentraland. Next, we get a glimpse of the early days of Decentraland and break down the districts. Then we discuss the sociological ramifications of community building and forming decentralized governance models. And finally, expanding awareness to other metaverses being built like CryptoVoxels and Somnium Space. All right, let's listen in. Welcome, man. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been um, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about like how we first met. Um, I think. Yeah. I think it was during the first game jam, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, I think you were one of the judges for the game jam. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's when we first started chatting, and uh, this is our first time. Like, well, not really our first time, but this is your first time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so Wait, any you- podcast. Or, or any yeah. podcast. How, how did you find our podcast, Rio? Because you're like one of the earliest, you know, OG supporters of what we've been doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing. I think um, when I first saw what you... I followed your natural progression into Decentraland because before you guys were doing something else and slowly by <laughs> little bit, little by little, you were sort of just Decentraland in the end. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we started just... You know, random, just shooting the shit between me and Will, right? Like I, I was, mm-hmm. I was that Moon Boy, and Will was like <laughs> that technical down. guy who kind of like explains everything, you know, because <laughs> I'm really stupid, and the way I explain shit is like, you know, not mm-hmm. accurate. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then we just kind of like gravitated to the central, and now we're like balls deep, you know, we can't really escape. <laughs> yeah, now we can't escape. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, and then, uh, so we got into the central, and we started the game jam, and. I guess you saw kind of our natural progression towards Decentraland, and you've been in it way before us. So I wanna I wanna hear from you on your side of things, like how Decentraland, how first how you got into Decentraland, and how it's really progressed up until now. You know, three almost three months after the launch, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, so yeah, I got into. I guess it was like many people, a natural progression from crypto. Um, so I was mm-hmm. in crypto around about 2013, 2014. Um, for many reasons, I just stumbled across that. And, and, and in a very similar way, I stumbled across Decentraland. And I just, I read the white paper and I thought, oh my God, like that is exactly what I've been looking for. I was into crypto, um, trading, um, in all the traders group and like... Uh, really immersing myself in that world. And I, w- I guess I was just sort of waiting for something else to come by that really catches my attention. Um, and makes me think, wow, I really want to be a part of that. And as soon as I read the white paper, I knew uh, mm-hmm. this is what I've been looking for. Um, and not just from a, a financial position um, or not. It was from like sociology, um, economically, yeah. all those things that interest me, all entwined into one with a crypto undertone. Um, that's what did it for me. So, what about the VR aspect? Did that really attract you, or is that sort of like a 
not a big deal in your eyes. Back no, when it's they were not a big about- deal for me at all. Um, I mean, very few people are doing VR anyway. Um, I have recently been seduced by the uh, the sexy graphics of Somni in space. They look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but would I buy a headset? Not just now. Um, I'm more interested in the the experience that you get from from building something from scratch that that you're interested in and that has many different aspects and can attract many different people from many different walks of life with many different skill sets and and hopefully at the end can be can be very inclusive yeah no i totally agree i think one of the missing pieces for vr is essentially just the difficulty and in, in the expense of you know getting this hardware and then the market size, like if we, we talk about this all the time with Iman and, and Corv, is that, you know, developers are not going to build anything unless there's a market for it. Otherwise, they're not going to spend mm-hmm. their time. And, and I think VR, as attractive as it is from a technology standpoint and an experience and immersive standpoint, there's just not a big enough market to, to really go for. And I think once Decentraland starts moving their platform towards like a, a mobile app, that's when we're going to see like, you know, tons, tons more people just because so much more gaming is happening on, on a mobile now. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and for us, like we grew up with like the Nintendo and then the PlayStation and then the Xbox, like for us, like mobile game is like whack to a, to an extent. Uh, but Decentraland brings something new to the table and the fact that the, the digital ownership, the open world, the fact that mm-hmm. it's a community that's, it, it's a world that's built by the community. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's really what got us hooked. And yeah. and then from there, like, we, we started building just because my brother's a, a developer and, you know, kind of took off from there. Uh, I had a question on, like, the districts. I, we don't know much about districts and how they work, why they formed. Like, do you want to talk about that, like, your experience with that? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Um so districts are a funny beast. Like, uh, they 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 occupy over half of the land in the, well, almost half of the land in the central land. Yet, there's very little known about them, or the people behind them, or what drives them, or even if they're still interested. You know, like this this these were um, project pr- proposals which happened over two years ago, and two years is a long time in crypto. I know we're in NFTs and that sort of, but still there and thereabouts the same the same space so i mean how many things have you guys signed up for and right. then a year down the line just totally forgotten about it you never even remember you did it yeah um it, it was sort of the norm like more the expectation was that it would fail rather than succeed so when when districts were initially um um asked to when, when people were initially asked to make a district proposal uh, I don't think many people thought it'd succeed. And not only that, I don't think Decentraland had planned on how many people would be interested in these communities and invest in these communities. Well, let me, let me um, pause so you right there. The- let, me, let me pause you because I have a question. So uh, we're, we're talking about districts that are like 8,000 parcels large, for example. Mm-hmm. Where did the, those parcels come from? Were, were they donated by, by landowners? Were they segmented off by the Decentraland team and they were designated for districts specifically? I mean, how did they form in the first place? That's a really good question. Um, at the time, there was no map. Uh, so right. they built them in. Um, they just found a place to put them. Um, 
who knows how they mm-hmm. came up with where they would go. Um, and I guess they just found sections which would accommodate each according to their size. Um, so yeah, at the time there wasn't even a map. Like we're all investing in this stuff, <laughs> and, <laughs> and hundreds. Of, uh, I mean, thousands of people are investing in these things. Like, yeah. and we had there wasn't even a map, bro. Was so, the idea of districts like? I haven't even read the white paper myself, shamefully. <laughs> was that like part of the white paper? Like a part of the original vision is like we have to have half privately owned, you know, districts, and then half like public property. Or was that something that not really? Community- I mean, Mm, not really. Um, I think Decentraland has always had a hands-off approach to districts. In, by that I mean they've left, they've largely left them after the um, after the initial proposal and after they went through the proposals and certain ones were accepted and certain certain weren't. You had to have a minimum of five um, land, I think, or five mm. five thousand mana being put, and each each sort of stake in a in a district was one thousand mana, which I guess it's equivalent to one land. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was, um, yeah, a whole bunch of people just jumped in, like went wild on this. And I don't think mm-hmm. anybody ever expected that. They yeah. saw, I don't know whether it be Vegas, like I'm interested in gambling or I could see the possible return on gambling if I should invest in it. And this, if this world does work out, I'm going to put some money in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the proposals were so... Um, top like, level without going yeah. into too much detail that i don't think that the further detail was ever very well considered uh, nor did i think anybody would think it succeed anyway so we're yeah. just sort of all punting on promises and yeah ultimately I, it has worked out and now we're in this situation whereby well yeah well we're in this situation where we are now where nobody's too sure what what's going on within districts mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that all spawned just from like the culture of back then. Like everyone had these great grandiose visions of, you know, products or services to create in the blockchain space. You know, that's how the whole ICO mania happened, right? Everyone had these insane propositions, but as we've seen over the last few years, not many have delivered. You know, fortunately yeah. Decentraland the idea of Decentraland itself is like absurd. And the fact that they actually executed on it is actually pretty, pretty uplifting. You know, I always tell Will that like, man, like if you would have told me that white paper, I probably would have bought it in 2017 just as like a speculative thing, just because I know once people read it, their their imaginations are going to take off and they're going to be like, oh man, I want to be a part of this. But like you're saying, nobody really expects it to happen. Yeah. You know, (laughs) many people. And and not only that, one thing that not many people, not many people have mentioned, I don't know if it's ever been mentioned is that, at the time when the first land auction app happened, uh, Bitcoin was actually $16,000. So actually, yeah. you were putting in a whole bunch more than if you want to work it out like that. Then it, it was a bigger investment than it would be now had the auction happened now, should we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely good timing for sure for the DCL team. I don't mm-hmm. know if they would have been able to execute if they would have launched it today. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, that the land sale, uh, there definitely wouldn't be as much interest as there was back then. You know what I mean? Well, DCO must have been the first platform to do a land sale, right? So. Yeah, it was. It was the very first. Um, and I think for, for that reason, it captured people's imagination. It really yeah. dragged people in and it was something new and fresh. And it had a good team who um, was headed up by Ari and Esteban, who've done a fantastic job over the years. They've done a really, really good job. And holding it all together and I'm really hat goes off to them and the team for delivering on yeah. and to getting us to the point where we are today. Yeah. 
Agreed. Yeah, I think that hasn't been said enough for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back to uh, crypto Twitter back in the early days, I remember seeing a bunch of people talking about, you know, buying land. And at the time, you know, I was seeing it. And it was like, man, that sounds like really absurd. Like, why would you want to own digital land? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And that yeah. was that was like during the time, like you were saying, like Bitcoin was at 16,000. And every, everything in crypto or in Twitter was a bunch of moon people, moon boys, right? And, you know, th when they were mentioning Decentraland, I don't think, were you, did you know that Decentraland existed in 2017 during, you know, while you were like doing your trades, I man? On me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I heard about it, like, you know, through my peripheral, but I was like in such tunnel vision mode on yeah. like the shit that I was mooning about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck it. And I had like a, I was like an EOS hardcore fanboy, right? So I was like, anything on Ethereum is, is bullshit. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. we're kind of, I mean, it's working, but we're, we're, we're living through the struggles now of like, you know, a non-scalable blockchain. Yeah. Like we're, we're feeling it. Like all the shit I was talking about back then, like, oh, Ethereum's not scalable. Now I, I, I know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What we're doing today. I would, I would imagine <laughs> that during the, uh, the district days or trying, when they were, you know, doing the proposals for districts, I don't think people understood like what they were getting themselves into. Uh, just developing on a one single parcel, it takes a ton of work um, mm -hmm. to, to develop on 8,000 parcels. Like that's Im almost impossible. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100% that they didn't understand what they were getting into. They had a passion. They were asked yeah. to make a proposal about their passion. A whole boatload of people who they didn't expect to 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 um, throw money at them did because this was don't forget this was like the height of the ICO phase. It was ICOs left, right, center. Which one do I pump money into? Yeah. How can yeah. I get out of it? How can I make a quick profit, a quick book, and get out? Yeah, um, yeah. So in, in that sense, Decentraland was a diamond in the rough. Um, so so what these they, these guys do? They made the proposals, left them there. Uh, and obviously, they had like tens of thousands of mana, some of them, it's staked in it, uh, with no real solid plan, no map, and no idea of, of dimensions or, or what would be involved. <laughs> or nor did they know. Uh, oh, maybe they did know. I don't know if they knew or not, but I don't, I'm not 100% sure if they knew that the mana would be burned that was initially invested in their districts, because that could have been a whole different, um, could have made a whole different uh, sort of, outcome i guess yeah. like who would who would pledge a district and get like eight thousand people or eight thousand parcels of land worth of investment only for that to be burnt and then you're left to build it yeah. yourself well, with your own financing I, I was checking the price of mana in uh, 2017 and i think in early 2018 it, it peaked at 27 cents so I'm pretty confident that once, you know, all these investors came in to support like a given district's proposal, like mana dropped pretty quickly after that. And, uh, and then, so they were left holding bags that weren't as valuable as they were. And as you know, like getting any developer involved is very expensive. Mm. So that's probably another contributing factor to why districts haven't really been developed all that much. But I, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys foresee like a solution to this problem? Like, do you guys have any ideas what can be done? I'll tell you what, point? in my opinion, 
I wouldn't even know what to do with 8,000 parcels. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like what? I, I can't even imagine like doing anything with that. It's too difficult. I, I think they should build structures and this is just one idea of many that I have. Yeah. Uh, they should build the structures and sublet those to people already in that industry. For example, if Vegas is struggling to fill the land that they have, which is a huge portion of land, uh, it would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to develop it on their own, create a structure or offer a building service to these companies who are making money in that industry. There's many crypto or Bitcoin gambling services out there. Uh, they're all over Twitter. They're spamming Twitter. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. But these people have money to spend because they're making money. Mm -hmm. um, and why wouldn't they want another avenue? And why wouldn't that be a USP for them if they get there first? And why wouldn't they pay, I don't know, a royalty or a, to use tech or a royalty mm -hmm. to to just be a part of this and, and then drive their existing traffic there if they want to, you know? And that, these are already seasoned gamblers. They're, they're already like used to how the whole system works. They're already used to crypto. Joining would be no problem. I think that's it's that would be a perfect marriage. And, and that not just goes for Vegas, but it also goes for other other districts too. So think about this, Rio. If uh, if we were owners of a district, uh, the eight thousand parcel district, I think the way that it's set up right now is that once you deploy something on an estate, it, it overwrites everything on the estate. So imagine you you're subletting you know certain portions of this district to different companies to deploy different things. Like it becomes like a, a management nightmare to kind of incorporate different builds from different people you know, at, at the same time. So I think part of that, part of the difficulty is like how it's set up, how districts are set up to not make it easy to deploy from different contributors, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, I don't know, like the, the, the deployment rights can be given within districts. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to have um, some really great agreements in with certain districts. Mm -hmm. And um, DCL Plazas now has um, now some, cool kiosks um around their districts and in return what we do is um because dcl plaza is placed throughout the whole of the central land we promote their districts throughout the whole of the central land with mm -hmm. their location and in return they place a, a kiosk there and that way we're sort of connecting the central land together um we're all helping each other build traffic and and get exposure i guess um i'm curious so do you, do you send like um a build to them and they incorporate it within the mm -hmm. district or do you have permission to deploy yeah i have permission to deploy i can deploy oh, as i want interesting so i wonder how that i wonder how that works do they like give you um i guess like x amount of parcels and then you can just deploy whatever you want there mm -hmm. i think they just give me um build rights just just the same as you would do if you own private land. Mm, okay. So, yeah, because I'm curious, like, the way that it's set up is that you would have to break up in a state, I believe. You would have to break up the 8,000 parcels to, like, let's say 25, right? You break you, you break up a portion of 25 parcels, and then they give you that estate for you to manage and, and you know, give you a permission to that. Uh, but then... Yeah, I think... Mm, I, well, I, I would. The last thing would be is, like, the implications of that is you don't take advantage of the height advantages of an 8,000 parcel than you otherwise would with a 25. Yeah. I, I mean, to, 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 
to build an eight thousand parcel bill would be obscene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would go on forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but yeah. I, I think I think um, each each district leader who who is still involved has has an invested interest in seeing their district do well, and they will do what what is best for their district. Um, I think ultimately they can they can portion it how they like. Um, so I mean, if you want, I. I <laughs> It's really difficult saying districts because each one is its own community with its own rules and its own governance mm. and its own way of running. So it's very difficult to just say districts. But for example, I'll use Ethereum. Um, so Ethereum is getting going. They've got a floor, which looks super cool. I don't know if you've checked it out, but it's just yeah. a floor. It's nothing else. Um, however, they, they're still in the process of dividing up their land between um, contributors who were the initial contributors to to Ethereum when they saw the proposal back in 2017 18 and they 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 put a thousand mana per per share i guess into into this district um they're still div- dividing it up now so using Ethereum as an example they've asked us um to complete a form as to whether we want to use that land um to build our own things mm-hmm. in keeping with the theme or whether mm-hmm. we want to hand it over to the district and take a portion of any potential future profits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, each to their own. I mean, there's other ones who just said, no, we're running it. You have no yeah. say you'll get, a, you get, you might get a share of profits. You might not, we might, we're not never have profits, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other ones like Vegas, for example, who is now building individual casinos and selling individual plots in each casino mm-hmm. um but there are also people underneath that owning the land well not owning the land but who have contributed to that land who expect some sort of return i guess in the future so it, it, it's a real tricky one it's mm-hmm. real tricky yeah i i can imagine like the headache that you know these dis- districts are going through because like if you have to deal with the sec like if you have land and you have like a like a, a revenue generating you know I guess technology or build or whatever it is like some business on top of your land and you have several owners of that business that's becomes like a, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. they have to deal with like regulations and all that too. So then only, all the only people that can contribute would have to be, you have to go through KYC, then they can't be American. If you're American, they have to be a credit investor and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So like all of that's like, it's really tough to manage. Um, and so, I'm not surprised that we don't see a whole lot from districts, but you know, I, I also don't know a solution. And I think, I think what you're going towards like Rio is basically you're, you're, if, if you run a district, then you're tasked with contacting different companies to say, Hey, if you build something in Decentraland, we have a place for you to build it on. And, and the idea is you're, you're creating a new Avenue to your business by deploying into Decentraland. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good model. It, it's I wonder like how how quickly that can like scale. You know, that's that's my only thought about that. that that's the only way I can see it happening because they've just got. I mean, we are concentrating on the larger districts here because um, mm-hmm. they've got a bigger task at hand. Uh, we'll talk about the smaller districts in just a moment, but uh, I think the larger districts they really have something to offer here, and they they can outreach to other businesses, and they should be should be outreaching to other businesses and saying, "Hey, here's our here's our proposition. This is what we're trying to to achieve, and this is what we're trying to build. This is what we can offer you. 
Um, here's a whole list of builders from the community who could help you out. Um, that also starts pumping more money into the economy and helping our uh, helping the native decentralized builders, modelers, programmers also mm. also make a living from this. And ultimately, it's a knock-on effect, which is ha- currently happening in outworld. But I hope this will eventually progress to to all happen in world. And this is how an economy starts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with regards to the smaller districts. I can't see any reason why they're not deploying. Like, uh, whether they're not there or not is another thing. Like, so, so I think it was about a year ago now that the uh, the central decided to dissolve seventeen districts mm. of I think there was um, forty nine, fifty two, somewhere around there. Um, they dissolved them because there was no contact with the leaders anymore. Uh, there was contact made many times over several months, and there was just no contact. So they were dissolved. There was seventeen. So now we're left with, uh, I can't remember, 36 or 39 districts. So I'm assuming that all those have had contact with Decentral in the meanwhile. Yeah. And they've all said, hey, yeah, we've got these plans. We, we're going to put this X, Y, and Z together. But at the moment, I don't see anything. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't. I, there's nothing happening. So what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, we, and when you say dissolve, you mean like the district no longer exists and that land becomes public, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that land becomes available in a third auction, which will happen at some time. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Wow. Yeah. So th- there will be a third auction, uh, and that will be all the dissolved land from districts, and it's all adjacent to to plazas and top locations because the districts were placed in top locations. So I guess decentralized right now is just waiting for the right time to to to, to push that. This will be an interesting. interesting auction because back in yeah. back in the early auction days, the parcels that were valued the most were closer to the center and closer to the to the roads. Um, <laughs> that's turned out to not be the best parcels in terms of like uh, value because if you build something of value, people will just teleport there. Yeah, and, and you don't need yeah. a road to really get there. So this will be an interesting mm-hmm. auction once once that happens. Do you know by by when that's going to happen? Uh, no, nobody knows. Um, it, I think it is on the roadmap um, as a maybe coming soon or yeah or something oh, like that. Is. I, I think, it is on the roadmap. I think it would be wise to leave that for just a while. Um, let's get some people in. Let's get let's get this thing rocking, and then I'm scared to to think about how much those parcels could actually raise because they're all in top top locations, and um, yeah. yeah. I think, I'm very limited as well. Yeah, I think the top locations right now is anywhere that people are building stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that to to me, like that's that's where the top locations are. I think, like, uh, and not at, just not just building either. Actually, like actively, yeah, actively marketing. engaged in marketing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like getting a parcel next to like Genesis, like right now, it's it's valuable just because they updated Genesis. But uh, unless you're actually you're like planning on building something there, you're not going to take advantage of of that unless you're just speculating i guess that's what people do these days i guess yeah no no i think i think there's there's quite high chances of people just wandering out of central plaza and just having a wander yeah um whether you get discovered if you weren't by central plaza just by wandering is is probably less of a chance yeah um but still yeah you're right um i think the value will come with with builds that are made that are attracting visitors yeah uh, i'm hoping over time that 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 will pre- pretty much be everywhere, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, you know, we we have these weekly roundtables, 
And I think that's, that's helped the community like start organizing their thoughts in terms of like, you know, what, what are the most important topics to tackle? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, these, these round tables have been like kind of cool and interesting, like to watch and kind of develop just because we get to meet all the faces. Cause there was at one point where nobody knew anybody, like what they look like or anything. And now it's like, you know, we know who KJ Walker is. We know, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously Frankie, he's been out there since kind of like the beginning um, and you getting involved. So I think from a sociological standpoint, like I think we're starting to see exactly sort of what we predicted, what would happen in Decentraland. Like everybody yeah. would start meeting and doing all that stuff. Absolutely. From a sociological aspect, that, that was always like high up on my agenda of things that I want to experience and see how it develops organically. Yeah. What I'm more looking forward to is seeing how the DAO yeah. works out. Um, yeah. And if we can come to some sort of way of making things better than they already are in real life, that would be fantastic and say, hey, you know what? You guys are doing a real terrible job and we're smashing it. <laughs> yeah. HP says something interesting on the last round table, how I think there's like a total of 20 million wrapped manner or something in the DAO and like 18 million of that is in the hands of two wallets or something like that. Yeah. So we're definitely not doing our job as a community, yeah. <laughs> like uh, staking our voice and opinion into this political process. You know, we're kind of just leaving it up basically to two whales to make all the decisions, right? Yeah, which is the reason why I do believe that the first few votes absolutely must be something and nothing issues, just so we can all yeah. vote yeah. on something, practice how the DAO works, um, mm-hmm. learn when to wrap our mana, when not to, uh, and just be prepared for when the big decisions do actually come and. and it, that way it produces a genuine result. I, I totally agree. I, I think one of the first DAO votes can't be anything like of substance. I think they it's it's more about like like you're saying, just getting the practice in, understanding like when to to wrap it, when to like voting and like practicing all this stuff, just because it's fairly new for most people, especially every, mostly everybody in Decentraland. They're, they haven't wrapped anything. Um, and then they haven't voted on anything either uh, from mm-hmm. a technical standpoint. So that, that will be interesting. Um, yeah. You know, and not, not only, not only that though, like if it is too big of a decision the first time round yeah. and the wrong decision is made, there's no saying when that decision may be put like, up for vote again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. That we get these big decisions, right? Yeah. And also like, like we're doing a good job, I guess, of organizing these, these community discussions, but there's not much execution resulting from them you know what i mean like every now and then we'll come up with a proposal but we need a system where we're actually yeah it's like a regular thing where we're gathering and discussing the future of the platform but we actually need these ideas it's, to it's be sort like, of it sort of started i man like with uh we have clark kent writing the wearable stuff and yeah. so at uh, least he did that like independently yeah he did he did but what i'm yeah. saying is like we have something to discuss because we have something on paper and and I think that's True. really the the flow of operations is that if you really want something to be like considered, just write it out. And once you write like it a, out, yeah, yeah, people can discuss it. Yeah, like as a, just an individual, if you have if you think mobile development is the most important thing, then you need to post it somewhere, write up a, a proposal, yeah. and then we could all start discussing whether or not you know, you know this that, is a high priority item. That, that brings up a good yeah. point. That brings uh-huh. up a good point because, like, let's say we agree that mobile is important. We do the write-up and we do the discussion on it. And 
then that's when the the Dow vote becomes into play, right? If if we want to set aside some funds to fund like mobile development for a team, um, you know, that's the only way it's going to happen. If if we just wish on a mobile like Decentraland, mobile operating Decentraland, like it's never going to happen. We have to like actually dedicate funds and and do a Dow vote and all that stuff, and that is. But it doesn't. It doesn't just stop there, does it? Right. You need an actual like a committee of developers who are capable sure. of, you know, finding the right people for the job, you know? Yeah. There has to be like some coordination after that. And then, so how do we vote these people into that, you know, yeah. position? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's almost like a voluntary thing. Like if you want to do project management for uh, mobile development, like you just take the reins and, and, you know, maybe the, some of the funds are there to fund you to do that job, yeah. to find developers to build out the product. But even yeah, then, so I guess, may, yeah, maybe a good idea would be to like, this is pre-DAO obviously, but maybe a good idea would to be for everybody who wants to really be involved and really contribute would be to have a mixer and like everybody brings their skills and they'll lay their cards up face on the table yeah. and say, this is what I've got. This is what I've got to offer. This yeah. is how much time I've got. This is what skills I can offer. Then we break that down into smaller groups because I think there's too many cooks at the moment. Yeah. Break that down into smaller groups and smaller work groups. And then we can get together in our groups or get acquainted. It doesn't matter if you know these people or not, but your skill sets are sort of complementary. And mm-hmm. then we can throw an idea in the middle on a weekly basis. And then each group can say, actually, we've got a few ideas for this or we could contribute to this or we could take this. Just let us take this a group of three people who have the skills yeah and they yeah. say we're going to run with this and we'll come back to you in two weeks with what we've got and then somebody else can take it from there or we can continue and mm. i think that might be a better way of organizing things because at the moment all together all at once all throwing in ideas i don't think we're getting too far yeah i, I agree. totally agree i agree and then not only yeah, that, it's, like once it, once it was, i was just gonna say once you're like in the middle of development then there has to be like either weekly or monthly updates on like where where everything's at because you're spending money, right? You're spending the Dow funds and if they're not being spent adequately. Then there's got to be like a a kill switch. It says, well, we're pulling funds from, from this group of people and we're going to switch it to another group. Yeah. Otherwise funds are going to be gone. Like in the blink. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's this, I mean, there, there is sort of accountability in this, in the sense that, you know, like, like you were saying in the last round table, this is might become like, essential part of your social reputation whether or not you're yeah. going to be granted permission to to a dow fund right like if you're somebody who's never made their identity known to the community and you're out there making proposals not many people are going to trust you yeah you know and and that might not sound good to a lot of people because a lot of people aren't comfortable you know showing their faces on camera and putting their voices out there but like you said, it might just be out of control at this point. We're kind of setting that precedent. I feel like, you know, we, we've experienced that ourselves a lot, you know, with our podcast, we got a lot of people trusting us, you know, with what we're doing with MetaZone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with our, our, you know, social presence within the mm-hmm. community. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, part of it, I think is, this is a, an open market. Like if you wanted to build a, a mobile application that runs to central land, like you can. And I, I, yeah. think, I think about like a, a different uh, a universe where we thought about MetaZone, and, but we didn't have like any, re- like I didn't have my brother to build it, right? 
And we would have to write up this huge proposal and like funding and all this stuff for, for the Dow. And like, it would just never, never get started. And, and I'm afraid that if we, if we commit to this sort of like mechanism to build out the central land, like most things kind of like the districts would never actually start. So mm. I really think it might take like individual developers to see an opportunity to say, Hey, this world, the central land, they need a mobile app and I can build it. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And, mm. and then you put it out there on, you know, on the Android market, you put it out there on the Apple store and you charge $20 and it's there and that funds the developer and it, it makes sure that it's updated every, you know, every single operating system, the new operating system, operating system that comes out, you know, decentralized updated. I mean, maybe that's what it takes versus mm-hmm. waiting for the Dow. I mean, yeah, like that's why I'm 100%. I agree with Rio, man. It's like running a company where, like, you know, nobody's in charge, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm just reiterating what everybody already knows. It's just never been done before. So we don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, that's an exciting bit, though, isn't it? It's never been it done is. before. We're like part of it. Yeah. It's super exciting. But like a little saying, it's, it's also kind of daunting. Yeah. When you think when you think about the reality of what we're doing, and like it could completely fail because maybe hum- humans aren't capable of doing this. Yeah, you know, like, ego might be too powerful of a force for oh, like yeah, all absolutely. of us. To, like, you know what I mean? I, I mean, when was the last time you? If if I would have told you a year ago that like, you spend the whole day talking about, I don't know, hot dog helmets or Frankie masks, <laughs> like what, you were what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but see, that's the, those are the surface issues. The, the, <laughs> the important stuff is like, yeah, this governance shit that is so hard to talk about because, I mean, it, I don't know. It's, it's not as interesting like, as hot dog helmets, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's definitely nothing sexy about government, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's so it's so foundational, you know. Yeah, and and, and that's another thing, like how to, like in the real world, when it comes to governance, that's like an actual career path people get compensated very well to to concern themselves with these issues and represent you know their constituents how the hell do you get that same engagement in politics in a virtual world or will we even end up down that path will we even go down that way or will there just be a total other thing which organically happens that is a different style of governance that's yeah yeah i mean it would be easy to go down the path of 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 the way things have always been done but but will they? And do they need to? They absolutely don't. Uh, That's true. But will we decide to follow the path, or will we find a better, I don't know, a shortcut or a, a better way of doing things? Should we say? Yeah, yeah, I often think about Satoshi when he built Bitcoin, and the very act of mining rewards you with fifty bitcoins back in you know the first four years of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and you know if you didn't get rewarded the fifty bitcoins, nobody would be mining. Right. Yeah. No, not, nobody would install that software program. Yeah. <laughs> not one person. Exactly. Not one person in Bitcoin wouldn't exist. And yeah. and I think a lot of this stuff for Decentraland, I think the incentives need to be there. And I think the way to understand like what the incentives are for Decentraland is to show that there's a market. There's there's a people are inherently interested in what Decentraland is doing. And I think the way to show that is by getting developers involved. If, if the developers see a potential in Decentraland, they will build, and it'll, they will build at their own cost, sort of exactly what Corv did. 
he didn't really know for sure, but he saw a lot of potential in Decentraland, so he just built something. Uh, the, the only problem with that is you, you're, you're depending on developers to first agree that there's potential, and it, and you're depending on that organic growth, which isn't always fast at the beginning. And and then we're here like talking about Decentraland almost every single day, and mm. it feels like there's no progress, but. I mean, if you really look at it, there's a lot of progress happening right now, mm-hmm. it, but it's not obvious. That's the that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like our part is really to bring on the developers, and I think I think we'll get there. But you know, it's, it's so. Then the question is, what do developers want? Like, what what's their main? Uh, well, it's the drive same same reason. Develop. Why would you mine Bitcoin in the first early days, in the first year? Why would you mine it? So then, it, the answer is money, right? Right. Exactly. I, I, think, I think money is definitely one factor, but I, I I know a few developers myself, and I think even more so, depending on their, their current situation, yeah. um, prefer the challenge. This mm, can't be yeah. done, or the, this is real tricky. Like everyone's give it me, let me try. They, they, they love that sort of competitive edge, which is why hackathons exist, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like they, they love that sort of thing, and they're all trying to out, out dev each other. and I think mm. that's that plays a massive part in that community. I'm not part of that community, so I couldn't really tell you. I don't have those skills, but um, that is definitely a big thing. Oh, that's I totally true. agree. I totally agree. I think it really depends on the developer situation, like monetary situation. Uh, it's just like if you're going to you know, go fishing, you're going to go into the biggest pond. And the biggest pond is always you know, the, the pond with the most money and the most incentive. Mm. And so mm-hmm. that's that's where you're going to find the majority of people. I think the really good developers, they already had the money thing figured out. So they're more interested in, like, the challenge, the notoriety. Um, I mean, obviously, Satoshi, wh- whichever group that is who built Bitcoin, they were financially okay because they haven't pulled a single dime from their original wallet. So, yeah, you know. And they were fed up with how things are. Exactly. As, as most of us are. Yes. Like, Exactly the way right. Things are is ridiculous. I don't know why we're still living in this archaic system, but yeah. there you go. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I think you know, decentralized is interesting because it's it's that experiment that we're all taking part in, and uh, you know, I always say that decentralized is very close to like the early days of you know Bitcoin and Ethereum. Well, that's actually Iman's quote there, uh, that in Ethereum in, in the early days, like nobody knew what it could be, and now you know, ten you know, six or seven years later. We have all kinds of stuff that we never would have imagined. And I feel yeah. like that's what Decentraland is going to turn into. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, otherwise, um, we wouldn't be here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Rio, you've uh, started to migrate your time into a lot of the other metaverses. So, what, what, tell me, what have you seen? Like, what's the differences? Like, where, where do you see, like, the value that you see in Decentraland in the other metaverses? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think... Uh, at the moment, there's a lot of tribalism. So like everybody is either Decentraland, Crypto Voxels, or Somnium Space. There are a few cross-platforms and, and and have realized that they actually quite enjoy both or, or all of them. But it's almost a bit of a taboo to do that. So I thought I'd, I, I like taboo. So I thought maybe I'd go down that road and see what happens. Um, but not only that, I the way I always think of it is like this. I think the end, not only virtual blockchain worlds, but also uh, the NFT industry industry as a whole is should be held accountable for not spending enough time on on attracting new people into the space i think a lot of time is spent on attracting those who are already in this space 
mm. to come to enjoy NFTs or to come enjoy their project. Um, so it's the same money wishing you around. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the way forward. I think you can only tread a lot of water for so long. So I think something needs to be done about that and somebody needs to bring in new people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, after writing for Decentral, uh, DCL Plaza for two years about Decentraland, mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe I should take some responsibility on my shoulders and, and actually take the gamble and, and just write about what I believe in, which is one, one metaverse, really, where we can all work together. We can all build something and share ideas together before facebook comes along and tries to obliterate everything we can actually say no actually we've got some great minds in this space we've got some great developers we've got some fantastic marketers we've got some great podcasters like coin moses not you boys uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah so uh we, we, we've just got a really good talent pool here and i think we're too concentrated on attracting the same people to the same parties when really some fresh minds and some fresh developers and some fresh thoughts on things would really be advantageous. Mm-hmm. So then what happens? So people go to uh, various other communities, um, whether that be Second Life or whether that be just totally way out there and I don't know, and start attacking niches like, I don't know, exercise, saying, do you want to come to Decentraland or do you want to come to the Crypto Voxels? what's happening is you're only attracting them to one place. And if they don't like that, then they leave. Mm-hmm. I think the analogy that I've always had and, uh, and the way I always think of it is like this. So let's say you guys take me to a coffee shop and there's only one flavor of coffee there. I go with you guys. I hate the coffee. I'm not going to go back. But what about if there's three different types and I get a choice and I can choose the one I like mm-hmm. and I, 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 or maybe I could try them all. Either way, I have that option and they're all there and I have all the information I need in order to make that decision and choose the one that I like for me. Maybe you guys like a different one. I like this one. And I, I don't think at the moment there's a resource which offers people the opportunity to, to try all three coffees. Yeah. I wonder uh, with Facebook coming into like this uh, metaverse realm, do you do you really see them doing anything differently that other than they have like infinite amount of money? Do you see them doing anything like a value that Decentraland can't do or Crypto Voxels or Somnium Space? That's a good question. I'm not really thought about that. I mean, I've always stuck within um, blockchain crypto projects because that's my background and uh, and i believe in that especially nfts like mm-hmm. i couldn't I, I couldn't advocate for that more i can't play traditional games anymore i just get bored yeah. because it's pointless. i can't either um, same here man yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so as with regards to whether facebook is really going to offer value yeah of course it's going to offer value it will offer value for the billions of people that are already on its platform yeah. uh, but that won't that won't accommodate everybody um yeah. so I, i'm unsure how that's going to pan out uh, I, when most CEOs are asked of these projects, what do you think will be the effect when Facebook Horizon launches? They all say, oh, it's a good thing because it brings people to the space. Um, it gets people used to creating an avatar and it gets used to people walking around virtual worlds. And I totally see that. Um, in fact, in, in that sense, it makes clear, clear sense. Um, I'm just struggling to figure out where virtual blockchain worlds has a voice and how it can approach these people. Uh, I've already been like uh, restricted from Facebook and from Twitter from advertising VCL plazas with paid ads just because it's loosely related to crypto. 
Um, so in that case, they don't want other people to know. And I'm struggling to find avenues That's of weird. how those people Jack, could be. Jack tied. Dorsey is always talking about Bitcoin and crypto and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, this was two years ago that I that, that I I was told no. Um, so since then, Jack's come out, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's see how things go with Twitter. Yeah, that's interesting that they they're blocking that. I mean, you know, it's you know Twitter's responsibility and Facebook's responsibility to try to kind of throttle advertisements for like bad products or not not bad products, but products that are like fake news, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's their responsibility. I think they should you know try to limit that. But like you know, cryptocurrencies is not that. I mean, there's there's nothing inherently bad about cryptocurrencies. So I don't I don't understand the logic behind, you know, preventing that. O other than a particular cryptocurrency that is a Ponzi scheme, then yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get new people into this space, like not just virtual blockchain worlds, but the whole NFT industry. I think, I love this industry. I think it's fantastic. And it, it absolutely should be mainstream. And I'm it's very difficult and time-consuming to to target the people that you want to get involved and, yeah. and to get more more bums on seats, shall we say, in this industry if you don't have paid ads. Uh, I mean, this was two years ago that I did try, and obviously that was a height of the ICO phase with the whole paid ads. So yeah. who knows? Uh, I'm not going to do anything crazy anyway. But I I don't want the idea of for these EL plazas isn't to educate the people who are already involved it's in true. these projects. I write the news section for that. Yeah, the, 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 I've got a whole education section for people who could, could just jump in, gather the information they need. And if it's for them, great, hang around, learn more. And if it's not, forget about it. Or, or, it's not your thing. It's not for everybody. And if it is, then great. You can involve yourself in the community. This is how to do it. If you want to just jump in and explore and ignore all this, that's great. And if you want to really get involved, then you can come back and read some news or, or just join in and, and be a part of this and, and see where it takes you. Hey, I man, you have a bunch of normie friends. What what do you what do they say when they compare like a general game versus like a crypto game where you get to own assets? Like, does it does it even make a difference for them? No, dude. I always just tell them to like stay broke, motherfucker. Like every time they just <laughs> every, every time they just ignore me. Every time I'm trying to tell them about you know what's going on, like in this NFT space. Yeah. And I think I think what we're talking about is in order for these normies <laughs> to like actually be converted, they're going to have to start hearing stories that kind of like parallel the stories we heard about Bitcoin, like that pizza guy who fucked up and like spent millions of dollars on a single pizza yeah. or the guy who ditched his old laptop and just like in a dumpster yard somewhere <laughs> with like millions of dollars worth of Bitcoins yeah. like stored or, on it. Or some guy like saw the virtual sword and now he's bought a yacht. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's what you need that's yeah we, we're gonna need stories like that someone like you know red nitrous he's kind of like on that path like yeah, where he's he literally far he's farming everything into central <laughs> literally yeah, winning is. everything and like i think maybe at some point someone could write an article about his experience in the metaverse like yeah this little i don't, I don't know i'm not gonna call him little but he's like 18 yeah. this guy this kid literally uh you know he's an early adopter as an as a, a gamer in the metaverse and he's taking full advantage of that and he's creating his own net worth yeah. like virtual net worth from nothing he started from nothing yeah those are the types of experiences that like people need to gravitate and that's when they're going to start flipping like shit like if this guy can do it i can do it you know 
You know, maybe that pizza story really got brought in a lot of people into crypto. Maybe you're right. We need some kind of story like that. That's going to bring in the gaming community like in full force. Dude, those are the headlines, man. Those are, that's where the FOMO, you know, starts kicking in whenever you start, you know, media starts dishing out those types of stories. Like, oh, this guy just mortgaged his whole house and moved his family to the jungle yeah, to yeah, buy yeah. Bitcoins. Stuff like that. <laughs> those are the stories that get everyone's attention. You know, nobody cares about the technical shit that's going on in this space. You know? yeah. We're talking about normies here. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah, something to think about for all you marketers out there. Start writing up these articles. <laughs> yeah, know. for sure. I mean, that's yeah. that's the other thing that we need. We also need to be more vocal about what, what we're doing. I mean, um, so we just announced that we're uh, bringing Ethermon to Decentraland. And the team has been trying to bring Ethermon to Decentraland for, you know, at least a year or so. <laughs> but it's just been too difficult. Like, uh, without MetaZone, they would have to, like, knock on every parcels door and say hey you know do you want to run this game it's just it's not very it's not very scalable to do it from that method and i think bringing in these experiences is really gonna change like what people perceive of decentralized because you know when you jump in there's you if you jump into the wrong spots there's really not a whole lot to see Uh, you'd have to know like where to go and all that stuff but uh, yeah. I think once once we start getting a little bit more developed in the sense of like a gaming opportunities, like Red Nitrous, there's going to be like a ton of those guys. And there's exactly. going to be a ton of those stories that, mm-hmm. you know, they were early in and they, you know, they got a, a Lambo now. Right. So we need yeah. we need our Lambo story for the metaverse. I'm okay. so excited about that. Though. Like what the project you're working on, the Eth- the Ethereum on thing that that is fantastic. Like it has so many fundamental layers of what is required to one attract new people and two what goes coupled hand in hand with that is enabling people to make a, make money and and have fun and come back. Mm-hmm. It's got all those things wrapped into one parcel, and I guess maybe this is the the catalyst that we need to to really get things going here. And I hundred percent agree. I've got big hopes for it anyway. And let me just say, boys, before I'm not sure what time we're finishing, but like I, I, I do really believe that like MetaZone is is absolutely a, a a core point of Decentraland now. It's 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 built its own niche into the point whereby it is absolutely relied on and absolutely fundamental for this project to work and grow. Um, fab job. Oh yeah, thank you, man. No, I really appreciate that. That's that's you know saying a lot. You know, coming from you, just because you've been you've been around for for a good while, and everybody respects you know who you are and what you've done for the community too. I mean, if it wasn't for your articles, a lot of what Decentraland like uh, what it was to us before it even launched, like it was difficult to understand. So we really oh, appreciate you, your your help too, man. This it's all a community well, I, effort. I never really created DCL plazas to write about. DCL plazas. I did see um, a gap in the market in the very early days whereby there was a, a, a small but hardcore community who wanted to know more, uh, more than the official announcements and, and um, more than probably um, about more topics that Decentrum would be probably less likely to write about, community issues and, and, and issues that may not favor well to to the to the business as a whole mm-hmm. um so I, I saw that people wanted this more so i started writing about it but ultimately the all the articles were produced to attract people to the website and hopefully put them in the education section where they could learn more yeah the whole system has always been built around education because i believe that that is a way forward that is a key and 
And without that, we're not really going to grow. You need to know the basics. You need to know the fundamentals and you need to know what is important to you as a user and if it has it or not. Um, so yeah, I tried to collect all this information, which is just scattered everywhere, write yeah. articles about the Decentraland, come read the article. And then maybe you want to read a little bit more about the background right. and where it's from and what it's trying to do. And, and where we're trying to get to with this. And and that's the same thing we're trying to emulate. I mean, we had the exact same experience. Like with with uh, Corv, like deploying the first block runner game, he understood that it wasn't exactly easy to deploy anything in Decentraland. And he understood that if it's not easy to deploy anything, it's going to be very difficult to onboard people to build anything into Decentraland. So that's, that's I mean, we had the exact same experience that if, if we figure this out, we'll make it easier for others to deploy, you know, anything that they want while creating a market where people can come in and build stuff and, you know, create an economy. And, you know, I, it's, it's funny because once Decentraland launched, I think we, we had like a video where we talked about making like 150,000 mana. Right. And it, it, it was, it was a pretty popular video because we put it out a week later and that's, you know, how much mana we've generated. Um, and then I, I've started to write an article where we were making 500,000 mana, like in revenue. And, and then, you know, a month later, there's like a million mana. And now we're at, to the point where we're very close to 2 million mana. And Woo, the, the nice. reason, yeah. And the reason why this is a big deal is because 70% of all revenue goes to creators. So that's almost 1.7, 1.4 1, million mana to uh, creators who are building stuff for Decentraland. So you're single-handedly creating the economy here. Right. You're, 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 yeah, the Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's like, uh, it's it's just a way, because we've we've just aligned the incentives for the landowners and the developers. And so that's just phase one. Once we align the incentives for players to come in and start participating, like the Ethermon game, then yeah. we have a complete circle of support. And exactly. once once that complete circle of support, then you're gonna have more players, more developers, and and landowners actually deploying more stuff into Decentraland, and yeah, yeah, more games too. Yeah, I think this is like a pivotal turning point for people realizing that there's a model here for the metaverse for gaming. Yes, you know, to, you know. I think so. you boys are on the edge of something really special here. Like, if if you manage it well and you put out the right content, I think you're on the you you're close to cracking it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's really not about, like, us or anything. It's really about having that sustainability within Decentraland for people to continue creating. If if it's not there, you're, you're just going to see a bunch of green land or worse, mm -hmm. builder stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's not a and that's not a metaverse anybody wants to be in. Exactly. Yeah, it benefits everybody in the end. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's going to benefit from a, a better economy, right? Yeah. More More player engagement, more retention, you know, that means more mana is being transacted. You know, land is becoming more and more valuable. So the landowners are all of a sudden their assets are accruing, you know, quick, more quickly than before. So yeah. this is, this is all, this is what it's all about. Yeah. It's creating an actual virtual economy. This is from day one. Like we, we've talked about this on the podcast all the time, that closed loop economy. I, like that's my grand like desire for this. Where like someone like Red Knight just can come in with nothing. Yeah. You know, I heard Anorak tell a story on the last roundtable about like an Axie Infinity. There's people from third world countries literally grinding that game because you can earn something called SLPs, I guess. So like yep. love potions or something. Yeah. That's like their, that's their valuable asset, I guess, for their game. And 
it's working. Like yeah. whenever you told me that, I, I've had this in my mind. Like this is gonna happen. This is gonna be like one of the killer use cases for the metaverse and for blockchain and NFTs and all this. But I didn't really see the evidence yet. But I think that that's some, like some groundbreaking shit that needs to be highlighted. You know? Yeah. And that that is going to happen in Decentraland. I think this yeah. is like the perfect platform for that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, so real, we got about another five minutes. I. I took a look at your website and it looks fantastic. I mean, you've updated it oh, since, you. uh, I, I think maybe was it like a month ago you've updated, but man, it's, it took a turn for a much better. Thank you. Yeah. Like I, I had the same design since I started out, um, two years ago. And, um, mm. I think it's important to keep things fresh. I am a web designer and, and I work mm. in that sort of thing. And I, it's important to keep things fresh and, and, and to, to evolve with the times as well. And I just thought the whole, what with the whole coronavirus and lockdown will gives me a heap of time to work on things. Yep. Um, the, the, the rate and my interest of uh, crypto voxels and Somnium space has is, is also grown. And to tie that into Decentraland and I, I guess um, give myself, I don't know, something new and different to write about, new challenge. But, but it, yeah. it just all came together really well. So it took me two months to redesign and I'm hoping that other communities take it on board. Yeah. Do you see like the that same potential in Decentraland and, and all the other metaverses so far, or there's are there other like pillars that are required to be built in those other metaverses? Well, I actually wrote um, I I put together a compare section today so you can see oh yeah uh, actually Great. on the website on the VBWs and the header menu, um, you can see like all projects side by side of where, where they are whether they have I don't know a voice chat or whether they have wearables or whether they have VR and I just I, I just burnt down a whole bunch of different aspects that might be important to some people. Sure, and oh, it's huge. I just broke it down. Yeah, that's like it's, it it's, it's like comparing. Um, I'm like in 2017. That's that's the data I loved when yeah. I was comparing. You know, blockchain platforms when I was trying to figure out which one do I want to invest my time in and money and mm -hmm. stuff. You know, it's, it's well, good. In, to in a snapshot, like, you can find what's important to you. Oh, yeah. I guess. That's exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. But think... one quick question. Sorry to interrupt you, Will. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a question of like, uh, I don't even know the answer to this to myself. Like, what the grand, like, how important immersion is to these metaverses? Meaning, like, you know, Somnium, you said yourself is kind of like a more sexier, realistic metaverse. Does that, does that add anything to you as far as like the potential for immersion from yeah. like a player perspective? Like, the, it, does that matter? Like, is this low poly shit gonna work? Is this crypto voxel shit gonna work? What is it at the end of the day that gets people immersed? I don't know. I think everybody has their own taste, you know, like whatever floats your boat. Like we don't all like the same sort of women or the same sort of food. Or <laughs> same sort of, you know, like everybody's got their own taste. I personally yeah. always thought that Decentraland, like um, the aesthetics would be similar to Somnium Spaces. Uh, I don't know why. I just had that in my head, I guess from maybe the trailer vision, which gave sort of that impression, but a cartoony vision, the very first trailer I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do really like the way Somnium Space looks. It's very, very different. Like the community is different. Um, what it offers are different. The way it's building a different way it has and what it doesn't have. Um, again, all different. I, I, I definitely urge everybody to have a look at that compare um, section on the website, which is under VBWs in the um, in the header of DCLplazas.com. It's just, uh, if you can't be bothered reading, it's just a really overview of, of, of what each platform has to offer. And, and find what's important to you personally i just i got seduced by the sexiness of the builds in um in somnium space 
I've always enjoyed Decentraland anyway. I like Decentraland more for what's happening in the background with uh, with it being decentralized, um, with um, them starting a new economy and a new government, essentially, which is what a DAO is. Mm. Um, and Crypto Voxels is wild and wacky, and I love that as well. Like Their, their community is way out there, and um, they're a really good bunch. And mm. um, I'm really excited to see how that's going to progress and whether they're actually going to stick with Vox. Yeah. Like yeah. the Vox effect, or whether... There are there have been hints about them evolving this, and I don't know. It's just each each project is interesting for its own, and, and, and as it has its own advantages. And I, I urge everybody to at least check check them out. If it's not your thing, just don't go back. Yeah, yeah. Do you think decentralization is going to be like a critical role in in one of these like in in choosing a different metaverse versus another? Uh, for me, it is. Yeah. Um, for sure. I don't think for everybody. I don't think. Too many people care uh, as long yeah. as they have a good experience in world or they can make everybody has their own reasons for visiting these worlds whether it be to make friends or make money or uh, flip land or i don't know whatever you want to do uh personally decentralization was a massive one for me which is why i've always up until now um only covered decentraland but i do figure like there's so much creativity happening in all sorts of areas that it'd be criminal not to not, oh, not to at least Keep an eye on those and, and, and inform others who want to listen if you don't, and that's fair. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree. It's, it's always good to d- diversify your time and like and, and explore other opportunities because you never know. I mean, you might find something bigger somewhere else, and it's, it's never a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that sort of covers all our questions, Rio. Any other lasting thoughts? Uh, make sure everyone go to dclplaza.com. He's, he's new website covering more stuff. Everything keeps getting better over there. Make sure you uh, visit it. Rio, any last final words? No, that's brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm, I listen to all your shows. Uh, I've got them on. I'm listening to you guys talk about Decentraland whilst I'm building DCL Plaza. So I'm writing <laughs> articles. So uh, I'm fully immersed in this uh, in this sector, and uh, I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, man. I, we appreciate your support, man. Uh, it's It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you've been no a day worries. day one at homie, man, for yeah. sure. Like, <laughs> you guys just need to keep on doing what you're doing. Honestly, like you, you, you're really knocking on a good door to knock on here. Um, keep at that. Uh, I think the the angle that you've taken and the approach that you've taken and and the strategy that you have, I think it's well thought through. It covers many bases, and I just think you boys are really pushing the boundaries of of what can happen, what will happen, and definitely what should happen. Um, I'm full of faith in that MetaZone is going to be rocking this place in a year's time. Dude. Oh, yeah, we got we to gotta end it on that. Holy shit. That was one of the best phrases I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's our new outro for every video. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rio. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. No worries. All right, man. Um, until next week, um, we will see you on the other side. Thank you, Rio. Awesome. Cheers, guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right, man. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at TheBlockRunner.